Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Brandvold, and as always, I'm joined by Jay Gilbert. And I want to remind everybody, we're brought to you by HypeBot.com. HypeBot. Thank you so much to Bruce and everybody at HypeBot for getting behind the podcast. Yeah. So, Jay, we got a couple guests joining us. We do. Week. We have a couple of guests this morning. Yeah, from Berkeley Online, we have um, Karen Nurnberg. I hope I pronounced that right. Who's uh, a VP of Online Education, and Mike King, VP of uh, Enrollment Marketing and Management. Welcome, you guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Great to be here. Yeah. Kinge. What's that? I'm just kidding. Uh, I said my <laughs> I, last name. Pronounced kind, but it's not. It's kind. <laughs> exactly. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for messing with us. <laughs> so good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So tell us a little bit about Berkeley Online. Karen, you you start? Start? Do you want me to start? Why don't you go ahead? All right. Well, um, Berkeley Online is the online division of Berkeley College of Music. Um, we were founded in 2002 and largely to serve a population of students that we knew wanted to study at Berkeley but couldn't come to Boston to do so. And um, so we thought there was just wonderful opportunities to connect Berkeley faculty with these students online and have been building out programs since then. Um, and we got started with just a la carte courses in a variety of subject areas started grouping them together in certificate programs in about 2004. And then 10 years later, we launched uh, a fully online bachelor degree program. And we currently have eight majors that you can pursue fully online. And, um, and we're now working on master's programs, which we are planning to launch in the fall of 2018. What, what, are, what, are, the, what are the majors that people can focus on? Sure. So there's eight of them. There's music business, music production, music composition for film, TV, and games, electronic music production and sound design, interdisciplinary music studies, which gives you a lot of flexibility in, in what you create as a major, songwriting, and guitar. Are, are, That's awesome. Are you, is there like one or two majors that you see a significant number of people in versus the other ones? Are there any of them that are more popular? Yes. Um, oh, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I could take it, and you can contradict me if, I, if I'm wrong here. Um, it, it, it's interesting. Um, you know, we've got the different offerings. We have a la carte courses, we have certificate programs, and we have the, the bachelor program right now. Um, if you think about it, music production makes a lot of sense. Um, it's, a, it's a perfect medium online for learning, you know, uh, music production. Uh, so music production is, is number one, and music business has been pretty... Um, pretty strong with us through those different um, kind of offerings that we have. Um, and, and interdisciplinary studies is always very strong, too, which is choose your own major. Yeah, I mean, music production, I mean, that's not going to go away, you know, anytime soon, no matter what the configuration is, whether you're physical, digital, streaming, whatever. The sound recording, I mean, that has to be done, and it has to be done a certain way. But what I was really curious about is, Mike, I was looking through, uh, you know, kind of your bio on there, and I was joking with uh, Mike about this earlier. Um, a lot of the things that you teach courses on for Berkeley are things that uh, Michael and I either consult with people on, or yeah. we teach people about, or you know, we speak at you know USC and UCLA pretty regularly on on some of these things. And what I find really fascinating is when when I go to these classes and I talk to the students, 
is it's really evolving and it's evolving quickly. When you ask them how they consume their music, a lot of them are either musicians or they want to be engineers or producers or managers or whatever. What yeah. do you find with young people these days? What, what direction do you kind of see people going? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good question. Um, one trend is this idea, and this is not going to be new to you, but the idea of kind of like a 360 musician. So I'm sorry to use that term. Um, That's right. it's, yeah, it's probably the best, the best way to do it. So it is producers that want to understand uh, business uh, or guitar players that want to understand uh, business. I mean, I'll give you a really great example. Um, so the courses uh, start off with you know, an introduction. And as an instructor, I'm always going through the introduction, commenting on what everybody does. And a couple years back, um, I had uh, a student that was somewhat intimidating to me uh, in, in reading his introduction. It was a guy named Fraser T. Smith. Um, and uh, most people uh, say, hey, you know, I am, you know, Mike King. I live in Boston and I have an interest in this. And, uh, you know, I want to get, uh, pursue a career in the, in the music business. You know, I might hear that. Um, uh, but with Fraser, it was, hey, my name is Fraser T. Smith. I won a Grammy uh, with Adele. I'm uh, in the studio right now with you know, crazy A-level people. Wow. And I thought to myself, oh my God, what can I possibly teach somebody that's at this level? But like what he knew, what Fraser T. T. Smith knows um, very well is music production. Um, and he was like one of my favorite students because what he didn't know uh, was publishing or licensing, you know? So what Frazier is trying to do is take advantage of, um, I want to know it all. So if somebody comes into my studio, I know I can understand different business models. Um, maybe the traditional way of points on a record isn't the way that I'm going to operate. Let's have a conversation or out of the ways to do it. So I'll just say this, um, when Frazier was in the class, there were other students that were making suggestions. Hey, this is how I'm doing it. So Frazier isn't just learning from me, but it's kind of like the, you know, there's a groundswell, a bunch of different people with a bunch of different backgrounds, all making suggestions in these weekly live chats that we have, similar to what we're doing right now. So sure. um, there, it's, it's a wide range of people. I would say with, with music business, um, it, amongst all of the areas, that one is probably most people want to get a job, you know? Uh, they, they want to work in the field. It's not that way, and I'm speaking primarily not about degree right now, but certificate program and single courses, people just want to be better. People are taking uh, Guitar Chords 101 because they just want to, you know, we have a lot of um, kind of weekend warriors and lawyers and that sort of thing taking these courses sure. just to be better. But music business it is a lot about, I either want to start my own business or I want to get a job in the music industry. Well, well you bring up something, go ahead, Michael. I was going to say, it seems to me that that if you are committed to music as, as a career, full-time, the areas of music production and music business are the two areas that are changing the fastest. I mean, we're recording this on Thursday, and by the time we post this tomorrow on Friday, yeah. something's changed in the business already. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know if this relates, but I just read a headline that that KFOG is a big radio station in San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. They just named the new program director. The guy came from Pandora, yeah. who was the program yeah. director of KFOG. Yeah. You know, 20, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, having somebody coming from an entity like Pandora into traditional radio, 
Yeah, not, it was the not, other way around. It's the other way around. So, yeah. you know, stuff like this is changing so fast that, yeah, if this is what your students want as their future, they have to take a business course. Yeah. They have and to take right. a production course. You're right. It's really course. moving so yeah. fast. And you just mentioned something, Mike, that I see a lot of. I deal with professionals that are very good at what they do. Yeah. But one may be really good at touring and he's got touring down or one yeah. may be really good at sync or one may be good. And that's what I think the value of some of these courses is, is to really kind of round you out. Just like you mentioned that one gentleman, he may know a lot about the business, yeah. but anybody who says they know everything about the business is probably you know full of it because there's so much to know and, and it, yeah. it makes you so much better at what you do, whether you're an artist manager, a record company person, an artist, who, studio, whoever you are. And, and Michael and I preach this all the time. You need to educate yourself. You need yeah. to know what all these other things are. It's so true. And I, I have two comments. Um, the first is on KFOG. Um, I have such an affinity for KFOG. Um, my first job in the music industry um, was at as an intern at a record label called Ryko Disc um, and sure. this was in the mid-90s. And uh, that job started in the mailroom as an unpaid intern, and I would get one CD a day um, as sort of compensation. What city was that? Uh, it was in Salem, Massachusetts. Um, oh, did you work with like Rob McDonald? And... Of course, yeah. And oh, yeah, I it... know those guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Go ahead. Yeah, he's great. So K-Fog... Um, my job at the time, this was 1997, mm -hmm. I had one job, which, which was to get Medeski Martin and Wood's Shack Man, that was on a label called Gramavision, uh, to number one on the jazz chart in CMJ. And KFOG did it, <laughs> you know? There was, um, there was an amazing program director there. I mean, they were, they were just, it was such a, I, I discovered the wonder that is KFOG. So I wanted to say that, number one. And number, number, number two, once this garbage truck goes by, um, Number two, you're so right about the, the changing industry, and it is challenging, right? So it's challenging for me to keep up with it, as I'm sure it's challenging for you guys to keep up with it. You really, that's why HypeBot is so great. Um, yeah. uh, but one thing that we do is we have amazing uh, uh, instructors at Berkeley College of Music, and the majority of our courses are written by the faculty at Berkeley College of Music. Uh, but on occasion, uh, we have instructors that are absolute experts in a particular field. So in music business in particular, um, I work closely with Karen and her team on choosing faculty members, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, the, the school has, pre you know, pre pretty solid enrollment. So we need a lot of people to teach us stuff. And the people that I look to, uh, to, to teach these things are the people that I think are absolute cutting edge that are fantastic. As an example, um, Benji Rogers teaches a course that I wrote called Music Business Trends and Strategies. Sure. Bruce Houghton, uh, teaches a number of our courses. The oh, that's Honor great. Yeah. Casey um, Ray. Yeah, Casey Ray from the Future Music Coalition, um, now at Sirius, um, uh, wrote... Uh, a, a, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. one thing, you, you hit it on the head. It's, it's a challenge, um, and the modality of online uh, allows us to update courses whenever a, a change happens. You know, we can yeah. pop in and do that. The instructors all have access to the CMS, so we, uh, you know, we attack it that way, but then hiring the absolute best killers like I love what Benji is doing with blockchain and you know he's really trying to push it right I um, mean what he did with pledge music uh, so it's 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 a challenge sure. that we're trying to keep up with and I think we're doing a fairly good job are you I guys think, involved oh go, go ahead Karen 
I was just going to say, I think that's the appeal of a la carte courses is just the concept of just-in-time learning, too. And you reach a stumbling block with something you're working on, and there's a course that fits the bill that gets you to that level yeah. of knowledge to further what you're doing. And so yeah. I think that, that that flexibility and the fact that you can do it from anywhere in the world is is just really helpful. Yeah. Are you guys involved at all with uh, Music Biz Association? It used to be NARM. Have you dealt uh, with them much? I, I, I know Bill. Um, we, we, you know, we, we, I, I, we, we dipped our toe in the water with NARM back in the day. So they changed their name, I don't know, eight years ago or something. Um, right. And they've been kind um, of anchored in Nashville for a while. And yeah. you know, the reason I ask, Mike is because what you're offering is so valuable more so now to the group of people that go there. This, you know, it's usually, I think in May in Nashville and this last yeah. one was probably, you know, the best one I'd been to, and I've been to 25 of them. And yeah. it's really kind of on the rebound, and they had workshops from Spotify, right. Pandora, Apple Music. They had things on on sync and metadata and all these great things. But what I saw with all the people that are there is they're hungry for this knowledge. And there's yeah. so much misinformation out there. Um, I see it all the time. I curate an industry trade publication every week, yeah. and I see that sometimes something will go up and people will just forward it around as though it was fact that it hasn't been really okay. vetted yeah. and there's misinformation about it, especially on streaming and, and how much people are paid out. And I just yeah. think that if you guys could maybe work a little closer with James Donio and his team, yeah. um, that there might be a whole new crop of people who would want to uh, take advantage of your offerings just because they need that information so badly now. Well, I'll, I'll look to you to do the invite uh, and, right. and the introduction between Jim, Jim and us. <laughs> but um, right. I, we did something. Uh, it sounds great. Um, I, I did like a keynote address for I think they did like a, a joint um, uh, event with A2IM uh, uh -huh. a few years ago in L.A. And I, I spoke at that. And you're right. Um, and we see this a lot. We, we you know, we have a relationship with ASCAP, um, you know, a lot of the PROs, both in, in the sure. U.S. and international. And you're exactly right. And it is something that um, uh, you nailed again with the streaming and the misconceptions. And it's challenging. Like if you really try to, in the same way that it's it's near impossible to answer the question, how much am I going to get paid if part of my song is on the radio? Or, or like, you know what I mean? Like that, that it's, it's an unanswerable one sentence question. Sure. Streaming is a similar thing where it's... Um, uh, there's misconceptions. I remember a while ago, there was a big uh, chart, um, and it was, what the heck was it? At the end, it showed the number of streams on Spotify. Yes, I know exactly the one okay. you're talking about, the big balls. Uh, big balls, right? And it, <laughs> Sorry, it, guys. It, it wasn't correct. You know what I mean? It was. It, it's more right. nuanced than how that thing portrayed it, right? So, um, sure. yeah, and I, I'm not here to... I mean, I guess I am, but I'm not going to always promote Berkeley Online and, and, and do all that. But like, there is a lot of stuff out there that is not correct. And I think one thing that we have is, it's it, like I said, Berkeley faculty members or the folks that I mentioned or whatever, these are people that like really know it. <laughs> you know, right. so it's, well, you it's, can teach it, right? And yeah. you mentioned earlier it's dynamic. So to Michael's point, what you're hearing and reading this month, three months from now, could be different. But I find like people will come to me and say, oh, well, I read this article that, you know, my band streamed a million times and only made $10 or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah. first of all, folks, you know, is it a controlled composition? I mean, there's so it, it, there's more questions that it raises than it answers. The fact yeah. of the matter is, 
artists don't get paid by DSPs. The rights right. holders do. And yeah. if you have a good deal with your rights holder, you can make really good revenue from streaming. And is a stream worth a download? Is a download worth a physical good? I mean, we could talk for hours about that, but yeah. I guess the point is people need to educate themselves. And I think that's a service that you provide to yeah. kind of show people, look, here, here's where the money flows. Yeah. Right? And it varies. Yeah. I mean, that pool of revenue every month from DSPs, it varies. So if you say, oh, I make this much per stream. And advertising dollars, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Ad supported yeah. streams. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I, li I like the fact that, that, that you guys bring in experts, people who've actually been in yeah. the trenches, lived it, and did yeah. it. Because it's out of a book. I, I, I feel yeah. like, you know, by. By its very nature, the music business, but especially where we are today, is yeah. not so much something can be taught out of a book. Right. You know, yeah. you could you could pick up a book and it says, "Here's the things you need to do for a marketing plan and your release strategy," and yeah. unless you've actually lived it and been in the yeah. trenches, uh, the week of a release to understand everything that's going to go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And understand. The questions you need to ask up front to prepare yourself, to make sure you're covered, you don't learn that in a book. You learn that by having somebody come into a, a class and say, okay, I was involved in this album, and let me tell you what happened. It's yeah. almost like real world learn, experience. I, I, want, I want to teach you by my mistakes so you don't repeat yeah. these mistakes. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's funny you mentioned that because um, there are very few of our courses that have textbooks, right? It's the stuff is changing too quickly for the, the book model to work. And, sure. you know, we really encourage our faculty and ind industry professionals that are teaching with us to use case study models. Tell us about what you've lived through. Tell us about what you're seeing right now in the industry. And it's the same for the work that students are doing. It's like we completely... Uh, shy away from exams. How is a multiple choice exam exactly. about <laughs> to help you? It's like at a certain point, you've got to be in the trenches doing the work, and we want that work to be super practical to your career goals. And, and to yeah. me, that's where the, the most effective learning happens. Yeah. There's one other thing I'd, I'd, I'd add, Karen. Um, you know, in, in addition to hiring great instructors that help guide the material, um, one thing that really jazzes me up um, uh, as an instructor is bringing in special guests. Yeah. So I've had some uh, some wonderful ones, that, two that pop into mind. Um, you know, Jeff Price, formerly of TuneCore, now of Audiam, uh, mm -hmm. very animated, <laughs> like uh, wonderful, you know what I mean? Like, And if you can guide someone like Jeff Price or the other guy that I, I really loved, um, uh, Sharky, I, I think you pronounce his name, Laguna. Yep. Or Laguna. Yeah, we, we, we've had him on we've the podcast. Him. Yeah, You know exactly what I'm talking about. You guys yeah. do a similar yeah. thing. Like, uh, and you need somebody like you or like me that can guide these folks and say, this is why sure, it matters. Sure. You know what I mean? But like, I Because they've got that. that wealth of experience to draw from. Yeah. yeah. They, 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 they have the stories they can tell, and you just need to channel them to tell the right story for that class. Yeah. 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 yeah, and that Absolutely. real world experience, Karen. To your point, is it's just so much more valuable than an article or a book. And look, don't get me wrong. There's a couple of 
books out there, you know, uh, Bobby Winsky's book, um, Bobby Borg's got a couple of great books. There's some really great resources, not to discount those, but a lot of what we talk about, especially when you're talking about kind of what we call the new music business, you know, the streaming, internet radio, the decline of downloads, you know, the myth of, of vinyl, whatever it is. It's so dynamic and it's changing so often that that's what I love about these courses is that you can change up your curriculum on the fly. Yeah, it's and true. You probably do. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it, pre- it presents a, a, a. Oh, I'm sorry, Karen. I, I was just yeah. going to say it, it, it's it's a challenge, you know. So we've got like 165 online courses. I, I think it's around wow. there um, uh, across like anything you can imagine, right? So. Um, in some ways, it's you know my background is in is in music business, um, uh, so I wrote the courses on music business, and I, I, I I'm somewhat envious of somebody whose background is in music theory, uh, where we update those courses and there's you know different um, ways to present the material, uh, but a whole note is always going to be a whole note, you know. Um, with music business, it's like all right, let's talk about distribution. Let's talk about um, streaming. Like, I've always got to update this thing, you know? So it's... Yeah. it's, uh, t- it's t- today's revenue stream is not tomorrow's revenue stream. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. that, that, that's what it comes down to. It, yeah. it, 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 you know, it does seem like in this... I, I've always had sort of a, a running joke on the show where it's not a DIY business. It's not do-it-yourself because... Do it yourself scares a lot of people away. They're just like, I, I physically can't do it all myself. Yeah. And I, I laugh and go, it's more of a BYOB business. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's not bring your own bottle, it's be your own boss. Yeah. And as yeah. a boss, you hire, bring in, and release people as you need them to do the specific tasks you need at a certain time. But yeah, you that's have true. to be. You have to have enough basic familiarity with the business to know. The guy, yeah, what I, is the... I need a social media person for the next three months. I need a radio person for two months. What does a publicist do? I don't need a publicist on retainer for two years. You know, I, yeah. that, that that doesn't make sense. Hire yeah. them. Yeah. Be a boss. Bring them in as you need them. And that's kind of what the business has evolved into is is bringing in the team as you need them. But if you don't understand the business, you don't understand that you need that person. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, that's um, it's very accurate. And, um, you know, uh, you both have a, a background in, in music business. And, and it's easy to say, you know, there, there are, are sharks out there in radio promo or whatever. And it's, it's true. Uh, but there is like, you know, we do have students coming in. They're like, um, OK, uh, I'm ready to do a six month uh, national radio campaign. And I would say, why? <laughs> you know, like, are you touring? Is, are, is, is the goal to increase attendance at shows? Is the goal to increase vinyl sales at the indie record stores that we were talking about earlier? Um, like, why are you doing that, right? So um, there are certain things that people assume they must do that. So I wrote one of those books that you're talking about that has a marketing plan, you know, and, and I, I wrote it a while ago. I, I still think it's okay. But like, it really helps to have the color of, hey, here's what you should do, but here's why you should do it. And it all needs to um, track back to, like, what is your plan? Not everybody has the same plan, you know? You could be, I just want to um, be able to draw, uh, you know, 30 people every couple of weeks in the Boston area, you know? So if that's right. your plan as a, you know, like a weekend work type of thing, there's a, there's a certain approach to that. Um, and it's sure. different 
and I want to play a hundred uh, markets nationally, you know? Right. And it's and it varies. I mean, you can't just say that these business plans work across all genres. If you're a singer-songwriter, you're going to have a totally different marketing plan than a heavy metal or a hip-hop. Or And I think there's subtle nuances. The business is the business. Publishing yeah. is publishing. I mean, there's certain right. things that you need to understand what all those different verticals are, but yeah. then you kind of take that knowledge and kind of form fit it to your business because it's going to be different than everybody else's, right? It's true. And I, I do love, like, there are things that really um, get me excited, right? And I mentioned Benji and what he's doing with um, blockchain, uh, right? Um, there's a, a Berkeley initiative um, helmed by um, Panos um, uh, called the Open Music Initiative, right? And so we're talking about publishing, and we say publishing is what it is. And to, to you know, uh, mechanical royalties, 9.1 cent, that's not going to change, right? Or, or it could change, but that's what it is right now. Right. Like, what I like is, there are some uh, difficulties with the way that music is tracked right now that uh, absolutely impact payouts. Like we know the whole. Are you talking about metadata and how? Yes. Different yeah. that you know, is amongst yeah. all the different databases. That's and- that, that, like the, the tracking of an actual song, and if somebody um, sampled it, um, and what happens then, or you know, the tracking. Like I forget what the figure is. Um, Benji would know. Uh, but there is some percentage of just absolute lost revenue because it's not being yeah. tracked properly, um, particularly yeah. with the streaming service. And I remember, what was this, 18 months ago where Spotify had the issue with Harry Fox. And uh, it was, um, you know, a lot of that, I think, is there's this new approach that's built on top of outdated technology. And, you know, so I'm, I'm very interested in how do, we, how do these two things mesh, you know, and, yeah. and it's going to happen. You know, there's a Absolutely. lot of people working on it. Well, that's the future because, um, yeah. you know, when you're talking about metadata, you know, it you can do something for Accept or Kiss, but that doesn't work with a jazz big band or a classical. Right. You know, there there's so many different fields. And then when you talk to the folks at the DSPs versus the labels, those fields don't always match up. And I think you're absolutely right. There's a lot of money being left on the table, you know, yeah. um, and I think as we move you're forward, out. someone's got to tackle that. Yeah, yeah. I, love- I got a question. How many are you still seeing a lot of students coming in? I don't know if "stuck" is the right word, but their their thinking is 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 back in traditional music business of I've got to record an album, I have to release an album, an album goes to radio, I must go tour and support in it. Are are there still people coming in that are that are stuck in the old traditional music business? release cycle model where you have to sort of go throw all that out there's no rules anymore and you don't have to do anything the way it was in the past yeah i'm going to answer that question in this way i I started teaching in 2007 and um if you go in the wayback machine you remember what 2007 was like that's before uh before uh, spotify before Spotify, like YouTube you know? was just getting going, it was before Top Spin, you know, and the direct to fan approach not, that didn't exist, right? Uh, and at that point, in 2007, uh, you know, I left Ryko in 2003, um, so I know what a label does, and I know how the label operates, and I know what you know a label is looking for to sign people and that sort of thing. And I also knew what the sales trends were uh, at Ryko, and generally, you know, um, things started, as you guys well know, things started to fall off a cliff in 99. By 2007, man, I mean, it, it was absolutely clear. 
so I, I remember at that point, um, the, the courses we have are capped at 20 students. So I would have, you know, up to 20 students per section. And I would say half or more than half were really um, uh, would question the idea that uh, you don't need a label. I mean, this isn't that, I mean, it's 10 years ago, right? But, um, and I remember being like, God, like, can't you see, <laughs> you know? So I would go through methodically, this is why you can do things on your own, but a lot of the tools didn't exist, right? Um, so with these tools that exist, um, in the last 10 years, uh, I, I am not seeing that. I'm not seeing a lot of people saying, uh, I must spend a bunch of money, I must hire a producer, and I must pay him points, and I must do all of these things, him or, or her. Um, I, what I'm seeing is, Hey, how, I mean, this is a, a wonderful example of uh, a student. This was uh, maybe two or three terms ago. A student come in and say, um, hey, um, I want access to data in Pandora, you know, because I want to, and I love this line of thinking, and this is where, what I see more. Um, I want to know where the consumption is, and I want to create music based on where the consumption is. But he was super smart, the student. He doesn't want to recreate Beyonce or whatever at that level. He wants to find, like, it's this methodical, mathematical thing. Where is there a lot of interest, but uh, a lot of demand, but little creation? No supply. Right? No supply, right? So what this guy does, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to give away his secret. Um, <laughs> Listen up. We've been keeping in touch around this, right? And it's, it's working out really well. Um, he created, I don't know if you can hear me right now. Um, there's yeah. wind blowing through the trees, right? Well, we can hear you just um, fine. Can't hear it. Well, I don't know if you can hear what's around me. Um, there's uh, basically atmospheric sounds are around me right now. I'm outside. What this guy yeah, does is he, he creates um, atmospheric sounds. So I guess on, on um, Spotify and on Pandora, maybe people sleep to it. I'm not sure. Well, but it's, it's, it's like when, you, when you, you turn on and listen to the rain or you listen to thunderstorms. This guy does, right? And he, he has a number of different um, artist names that he's under. He has a number of different titles. And so he, that, to me, that's what I'm seeing. Like, he found like, his niche. Brilliant, right? That's brilliant. Yeah. So, um, we had amazing conversations in the class around what this guy's doing. And that opens up a whole lot of doors to rethinking how you create music. So he's creating music based on demand. You know? um, yeah, man, it was smart. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. I mean... I'm I'm not a label basher, you know. I've like I said, I worked for Universal for 18 years. I worked for Warner. I you'll never hear me bash labels. There are some amazing labels, and then there's some that just kind of mail it in. These days, I hear artists come to me and they'll say, "My label has really made my guarantee better when I play live, just being able to say I'm on this label." Number right. two, they've given me worldwide distribution, and number three, they're kind of like a bank. So, I mean, yeah. do you have courses about labels or is that wrapped up in other courses where you can kind of let people know that labels aren't inherently bad? Some of them will make you much larger than you could have been. And then others, you know, it just depends on who you get. You want to speak to that, Karen? No, I think we, we take a holistic approach and, and I don't think we would ever be anti-label. Um, and I think we look for opportunities to to really highlight for people what will best serve their, their interests. Um, so I, I think we have label representation probably in, in a good share of our music business courses. 
You know, and I think it, it goes back to what are the goals of the student and, and what are the tactics that are best going to support them to achieve the, the goals. It is yeah. another tool, like a label, just as you said, they do marketing, they do distribution, they're a bank. Um, uh, and for, for some artists, it, it's the, it is the right option. You know, I'm not a label mm -hmm. back either. You know, it's um, uh, there certainly are examples of bad deals and um, uh I'm not, I'm, I don't know. I don't want to get too, too personal. I had a student who had a deal uh, with Columbia, and it's the worst possible situation. She recorded the record. It was kind of like Q-tip. Recorded the record. Columbia sat on it, but didn't release her from the contract. So there, there's horrible. Yeah. can happen, right? So it happens. Um, we talk about labels, and we say, these are pros and cons. And if your goal is X, and you have X under your belt, this is where the label can be um, helpful. But there's, there's so many people. Like, I like this. Um, I was on a panel. Um, at SF Music Tech with a guy named uh, David Macias, you know, um, and he runs a, you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go like this with a label because you can't even say Pledge Music is a label or Bandcamp is a, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he's doing forward thinking, great things. Um, I'm having some feedback. I hope you can hear me all right. It's a little noisy, but I can hear you. Sound like sound like uh, Tron, uh, Tron right now. Or something. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, you know. Uh, I guess my point is labels can be the right option uh, depending on what you're doing. And I think there's kind of new breeds of labels that are popping up. That's not just the traditional, uh, you know, we're going to take X percent and we will do X, Y, and Z and, and it will be one cycle and we'll take a break and it'll be another cycle. I think there's, there's a lot to, to talk about there. I, you know, yeah. I got, I've got a final question here and, it's, and it hinges off this label discussion. It, it seems to me the, the feelings about bad labels versus good labels always seem to come down to the contract you signed with your label. Uh, you know, if you signed a bad contract, you're going to have a bad relationship. If you've got a good contract and you understood your contract, there's less issues. Do you delve into contracts in the music world? Is that part of the business major or is that something completely separate? That's, that's part of the business major, um, but that's also something you can take a la carte, too. So we've got a legal aspects of the music industry course, and it delves pretty extensively into contracts and, you know, gives example contracts, dissects them, you know, really highlights terms that you really need to pay attention to to make sure they're favorable for you. So, yeah, that, that's it, it's I, definitely... I, th I think even when it comes to what we were talking about earlier, a lot of the misunderstandings about payouts from streaming services, it stems back to the artist probably doesn't understand Absolutely. what was in the contract <laughs> that they signed to begin with. You know, yeah. you're, what, what we're dealing with is just media, writing a great sensational story of about, oh, my God, six million streams. That's a big number, and I got a really small check. That's sensational yeah. journalism. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. The reality yeah. is, as Jay, you mentioned, well, they probably paid whoever holds your rights, and then your rights holder did something that you legally gave them the rights to do because you signed a contract, and yeah. at the end of the day, you ended up with six cents. Yeah. Right, and they're making the DSPs look like the bad guys, but Spotify and Apple, for example, you know, they're paying right around, you know, seventy percent of the revenue that they take in. They're paying the rights holders, so you know, there, there's money to be made. But to your point, Michael, you've got to have a good attorney. You've got to have a good um, uh, contract. But I think that's where Berkeley kind of comes in. If you can go in and educate yourself and understand all these different pieces and understand to ask the attorney the right questions or your rights holder the right question, 
then you're better off. Yeah. And it's so important. I'm going to say a very cliched kind of lame thing, but I, it's, it's absolutely true. Uh, the importance of diversifying your revenue streams. Like, and I, I've talked to like really high level professional songwriters that like wrote for John Bon Jovi. Right. And they, you know, even at, at that really high level, like it's, it's important to look at all the different opportunities and just don't, um, you know, it, it, as you said, it's sensational to talk about streaming and that sort of thing. That's just one of many, you know, uh, opportunities. One of many revenue, revenue streams, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, the, the really trying to figure out, like, all right, what does my community want? I mean, there's all sorts of tactics with um, Direct-to-Fan and what you should make and, and the different, sure. uh, you know, looking at the cost of goods sold based on what you can, you know, what the margin will be. Um, so it, it's, um, it takes work it's and business. it's hard and there's forecasting. Yeah, it's a business, right? Um, but it isn't just like hey, I'm going to re- record something and put it out on the streaming services, and oh, geez, it's not it's not there. There's so many other opportunities. Right. Well, I'm going to go create some rain sounds, and uh... <laughs> man, you you uh, will retire. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> could, Jay's going to go hurt. create some rain sounds, and then he's going to complain that Spotify's only paying him six they cents. They don't pay for me it. enough. <laughs> Every thunderstorm that gets paid, I'm not making any money off yeah, of it. It's yeah. Not right. Well, then- Come take some classes with us, and, and we'll uh, we'll help you. You know what? Pers- I'm going to. <laughs> I, so, I promise so, so you. Where, you know, where, I was where, looking through that. I am absolutely going to take some of those courses. I where, love where, that. Where can okay. our listeners and viewers go to sign up to get more information? So online.berkeley.edu, and that's Berkeley, B-E-R-K-L-E-E. And you can see the different offerings from individual courses to certificate programs to our degree program. All right there. One thing we didn't mention, we've got a pretty robust YouTube channel, but also we do a bunch of, um, we didn't talk about this, or maybe you did, Karen, um, our our offerings. We have massive open online courses. So uh, you could take uh, a course from John Kellogg in the music business uh, for free from Coursera, as an example. Yeah, that's actually, um, and these courses are are free. Um, We've had over 2 million enrollments in them, and they're wonderful tools. They're a collection of of video resources that you can download and refer back to. Huge community of like-minded people, passionate about music and the music industry that you can interact with. So, yeah, that's a wonderful opportunity. It's not just business, but we have uh, production courses, songwriting courses. We have a course with um, Gary Burton, the... uh, I think is it seven seven time Grammy award winning vibraphonist um, and um, yeah and then you know musicianship ear training harmony courses as well so it's a, it's a great opportunity and that's um, Coursera dot org Lord um, that's awesome dot org that's great Karen Mike thanks so much for joining us it's been a fascinating conversation I would love to continue this again and have you guys on I think this is really really great thank you. Absolutely, we'd love that. Thank, yeah, thank, thank, thank you so, so much. much. I really love what you guys do too. So yeah, you're doing a great job. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Thank you. All right, educating All right. Edu- educating the musicians one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Thank All you. Right. Bye. Take it easy. That was a really, really interesting conversation, and I really want to go in and look at their courses. I I thought Karen and Mike really provide a great service, and it's something you you and I preach all the time. You need to educate yourself. You need to find out what all these other aspects of the business are, whether it's publicity or manufacturing or digital distribution or merch or whatever. I mean, there's so many different things. 
and it only will help you to find out. You don't have to be a master of each one of those, I was but just, to educate yourself. Yeah, I was just going to say it's important to remember you don't have to go take this course to become an expert at that topic. If all you do is familiarize yourself with the topic and what's going on, that's going to be a big benefit because in this new business, you're going to be talking to people who are going to talk to you about all these different things. And if you've got that glazed over look in your eyes because you're like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but I'll sign you up to do it for me. I hate to say it, but you've just increased the odds you're going to be taken advantage of because you don't know what you should have for expectations. You don't know what you should be asking them to do. You you don't know what's a fair going rate. You just need to learn what's what's going on in the business. Absolutely. And I think if you're watching or listening to this program, you are trying to educate yourself and that's great. But if you want to take it a step further and really get into a course or a curriculum or a degree um, that would be a good place to go. Yep. So we missed a couple weeks of uh, you need help with your online strategy, but we're back this week. And, and Jay, you had uh, you had a good one to bring up for yeah, this week. Yeah, a, a real-world yeah. example, because this happened to me recently. Um, if you don't have a calendar, you may need help with your digital strategy. And what I mean by that is that Everything you do when you're planning out a release, a tour, an event, you need to have a calendar, a shared calendar that everybody on your team can see, and then you populate that calendar, and it's dynamic. It can move, and things can change, but then everybody's on the same page with the plan, and then you slot in your social posts or your appearances or your YouTube videos or whatever it is. You need to have a calendar that everybody is working from so everyone's in sync. And recently, I met with a client that was winging it, that didn't have any of those things. And it, it was really frustrating. Yeah, you know, I, I, would, I would step back and go, you don't even have to use a calendar. I've worked with many clients, including labels, who just use an Excel spreadsheet. And it's just... A column of sure, dates. Sure, you can use Google Docs. Date and activity and who's responsible yeah. for it. Um, the biggest thing, and I'm not going to really get into what you should be putting in there. I'm going to tell you plain and simple why you need to do this. So there's no panicking. If you don't have a calendar, a simple a roadmap in front of yeah. you, yeah. And listen, I'll, I'll give you a real-world example. As we're sitting here, August 3rd, recording this, one of my clients, Accept, is dropping their new album tomorrow, worldwide release. And between myself, management, and label, there's been ongoing calendars, plans out there in front of us because you don't want to panic and wake up the day before your street date and go, what am I posting tomorrow? My album's being released. I mean, honestly, as 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 stupid and as simple as that question sounds, I have dealt with people who have no idea what they're posting the day their album comes out. Yeah. You or who's responsible who's, for everything? Who's responsible for posting it? They just assume somebody's taking care of it. Well, who's the somebody? I don't. That somebody was never told. You need this just for simple peace of mind. Yeah. 
You know, I agree. For the past couple months, with except, I just know I can wake up and go. This is what's happening today, but it's already been taken care of because we scheduled it yesterday. We scheduled it last week. And the they can too. The content's been created. It's already been yeah. here. I've gotten the approved press release in two days before it's supposed to go out. You know, right. we, we've we've disseminated all the information out. So the day it happens, everybody just no, no is panic. like, no panic. It's been taken care of. And let me add this. There will always be hiccups in your plan. Press That's releases are big. At, press releases are big yeah. hiccups. Whoever it might be, you've got an approved press release given to you on Wednesday. It's going out on Thursday. Wednesday evening, somebody says, we need to change the press release. It's going to happen. I promise you it will happen. It will happen many, many times. With a little plan, you know exactly who needs to be involved in this. You need to know where you've got to update the information. There's not a panic of, oh, my God, the press release is changing and I'm supposed to post it at 8 a.m. tomorrow. Right. You need to keep calm within within your team as you're moving through your release. And yep. the biggest the biggest moment of calm has to happen release week because that's when things just get fast and furious. And if you can stay calm, you're going to get through that release just fine. Yeah. Yep. Good advice. Um, there you go. That's it. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Music Biz Weekly Podcast. All right.